Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Pursuit Live Lounge, our first one ever. This is the strangest experience for me right now. I'm standing in a mostly empty auditorium. Micah Dryden's not up in the balcony making noise. I don't know how to preach. This is a funny situation, but here we find ourselves. I really miss you guys. I really love you guys. We would love to continue to connect. If any of you are, are just going through struggle or have needs, please let us know. If you're running out of food or anything, we have your back, and we would love to help you in any way that we can. I'm really mindful of the fact that this is a really unique situation, and, and lots of us might feel a little bit strange. We don't even know how to approach church online because we're so used to loving each other and being together. But I'm really also a little bit excited about what God might do. I mean, let's be honest. We've been praying for revival But Kelowna has been looking really similar spiritually for a long time. And we haven't seen this boom that we've been praying for. Last year, I remember really vividly, I got a call that Jesse Peters was in the hospital with pneumonia. And my first instinct was, you lucky guy. You get to just lay there with your Bible and you get to just hear from your father. I had this strange bit of jealousy. I think that when we hear of people coming to know Jesus at a different level, there's always this common thread that they're either in prison, where lots of people meet Christ, or on a missions trip, or somewhere where their whole routine has been changed, and they can actually just stop and and listen. And about a month ago at Pursuit, we talked about rest and Sabbath, and Dallas Willard said something profound. He said that hurry is the greatest enemy of our spiritual life. And now our hurry is gone. It's this wonderful opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime chance to really get serious with God and to hear from our Father. He says, be still, and then you'll know that I'm God. In the third century Egypt, the church, after this massive revival for a long time, went into this period of, called the Dark Ages. See, Constantine came into power, and he mandated that people follow Jesus. It created this massive pain within the body. And historians at that time describe a mass exodus out into the desert. And the reason they did this was to hear from God and to stop the distraction It birthed these people called the Desert Fathers, where they would do anything to simply put distraction and the city away and to just be present. And at this time in our lives, we have been given this this really beautiful time of just being Desert Fathers, where we can put all that away and hurry is gone, and we can really actually spend time with the Father. There was a man named Richard Rumbrand. And he was a pastor in Romania, and he was sentenced to prison for preaching. And when they put him in the prison, they actually ripped chunks of his skin off. They put him into solitary confinement. And when he was in there, he was was getting infected. He was close to death. And something strange happened to him. He described it as becoming overcome with joy. He said that he has never felt more alive in his life. Some months later, when they released him, he was walking down the street and he came across a woman who was selling strawberries. The whole time that he was in prison, he 
He just fantasized about strawberries and their taste and their texture. It was the thing that he missed the most. And now here is this lady who offered him a free strawberry. And he decided that he would instead fast, that he didn't want anything to get in the way of this joy that had overcome him. That he didn't want to pick up his old desires and in doing so replace the desire that he had for Jesus. It was an extreme stance. But to me it speaks of this beautiful truth that that Jesus draws extra close to us in stillness and rest. And when we intentionally just press into his presence. And so I'm going to really encourage you in this time of your life. Take full advantage This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to just put aside the world. Our busyness is gone. Our distractions are changed. And to really just press into our Father. Jesus says, come to me, those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he describes how to do that. He said, take my yoke upon yourself and learn from me. He is saying, be yoked to me, connected to me. I want to do this with you. I want to go through these next few months with you. And he says, I will give you rest for your soul. This is the most beautiful invitation. I'm going to invite you to just be yoked to Jesus, to actually spend time with him. Instead of binging on media to binge upon the presence of Jesus. Our Bibles are this beautiful gift from God. The book of Acts is remarkable. I I invite you to get into it. I invite you to put on worship playlists. To fill your home with his presence. Just to yoke every bit of yourself with Jesus. To just spend time with him maybe like you never have before. I'm going to pray right now. And that might be strange on live stream. But let's, let's spend two or three minutes and pray and just ask for the presence of God in our lives. Let's just ask that that this would be a time like none other, that in the midst of this crazy turmoil in the world, that we will have a peace that actually passes understanding. That that's not just this concept that sounds good, but it becomes ours. So let's pray wherever you're at. Let's pray. Just, Just soften your heart to him. I know that's strange at home. So Jesus, you promise us rest for our souls. You say that that you are the source of every good thing. That every good gift is from above. It's not from earth. God, we see that more than ever now. God, we see that, that you want to move in our lives and in our families and in our homes, that you don't want them to be these places of anxiety, God, where just voices of fear are speaking to us from our media, from other people, Father, but we actually hear from the one who loves us. You say that we get to be yoked with you, and we know that you are not full of fear. We know that you are not anxious. And so we get to share in that as we partner with you. God, I pray just for our community that 
that you would do a work, God, that, that maybe you haven't done previous, God. I pray for just a move of your spirit, God. I pray for sweet rest. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Uh-huh. 
Lord, I need more of you. Living breath of life, come and fill me up. Hello, Willow Park Church family. Today I have a reading for you from Psalm 77. In the first nine verses of Psalm, we see Asaph, and here he's crying out for the Lord. He feels distressed. He feels lonely. He feels like the Lord is distant. But then, in Psalm 77, verses 10, he says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. This January, our family went to Florida. And a couple days after we got back, our youngest boy, Jude, he went up to me. He's like, Dad, do you remember we went to Florida? I was like, oh, you're pretty cute because, yes, I do remember. That was two days ago. And then a month later, he's like, Dad, do you remember we went to Florida and we did this? I'm like, yeah, I do remember. And then just the other day, he's like, Dad, do you remember we went to Florida? You see, Asaph, he is remembering here. He's remembering what the Lord has done. Because when he remembers, it actually keeps the Lord close. That event close to us. Remembering is a great thing. We remember the good things that the Lord has done. We remember what he's done in our family's lives, in our lives. And so as we come here to worship, we're remembering the Lord. As we choose to log in and worship together here online, we're choosing to remember the Lord. And so before we enter in, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to remember you, to focus our eyes upon you, to recognize you in our lives. Lord, when we come and we do this, when we make this choice, Lord, we feel your presence. We feel your hand upon us. And so, let us worship together. Let's worship our Father. Let's worship the one who's come to save us.
Oh, pray. 
seen what you can do Oh God of wonders Your power has no end Things you've done before In greater measure You will do again Cause there's no prison Wall you can break through, old mountain you can't move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save. All things are possible. The darkest night. You can light it up, oh, you can light it up, cut up revival, let hope arise, death is overcome, you've already won, cut up revival, rose of victory, you rose on the throne So wash my heart with what you've defeated I will trust in you alone There's no prison wall you can't break through No mountain you can't move All things are possible city over our house as we're sitting in this time of every single day every moment seems so uncertain we don't know what the government's going to come out and say we don't know what our jobs are going to look like but ultimately God will work his promise is that is that 
we're his children and he's got us. So let's just declare this. Let's sit from our homes, from our couches, from our kitchens, wherever we are. Let's just declare this over our city. Come awaken us. Come awaken your people. Come awaken this city. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. Hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken your
everyone. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. It's a, it's a pleasure to do this. And, and you might be new today, kind of tuning into a live stream for the first time, maybe watching church for the first time. You might be thinking, what are we doing? And the best answer I have is that we are directing our praises and our love towards Jesus, who's done so, so much for us. And as we walk into communion right now, we are here celebrating him. So what's the point of communion? Why do we take some bread and take some juice and and do this? Well, because first of all, we were asked to do it. We are partnering and we are walking with Jesus in this time. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And second of all, what we do is, is, is we realize that we are not the answer and communion is not the answer, but what communion does, taking the bread and taking the juice or whatever you have in your house right now, it's pointing to the answer. This bread and this juice or the water and the potato chip, whatever you grab at home right now, is pointing towards Jesus. And so we're not the answer. This ceremony is not the answer. It points us to the answer. And second of all, how can I take some juice or water from home and that become holy? 
how does that work? Well, it's, it's not something holy that you can grab from your house. It's not something like that that you, can, that you can kind of muster up. Again, it's this pointing to Jesus. I want to read us something from Annie Dillard in Holy the Firm. She says this, How can I buy the communion wine? Who am I to buy the communion wine? Someone has to buy the communion wine. Having wine instead of grape juice was my idea, and of course, I offered to buy it. Shouldn't I be wearing robes and especially a mask? Shouldn't I make the communion wine with my own hands? Are there holy grapes that I can use? Is there holy ground? There are no holy grapes. There is no holy ground like that. Nor is there anyone but us. There must be a rule for the purchase of communion wine. The rule is, will that be cash or charge? That's what it is. We're just going and we're participating and remembering Jesus. This ceremony is just pointing to the beautiful answer of Christ. We eat and we drink. And we do that to remember. That's not what makes it holy. Christ is what makes it holy. So I'm going to read right now from John 6, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So I want you to grab your your bread and your juice, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab a piece of bread here and, and some juice and we're going to partake together. So to take this bread or whatever you found around, realizing this is pointing to the beautiful love of Christ and that time on the cross where he gave his life up for us. And as we're sitting in our homes, on our own, with friends, around a computer. Perhaps the Wi-Fi has gone a little bit sideways and you're just kind of trying to make it through. Remember what this is about. This is about Jesus. So take the bread and remember his body broken for you. And then we take this juice. Whatever you have, and we remember the blood poured out in remembrance of him and what he did and the blood that gives us life. And we celebrate. He is the answer. He is the bread. And he is life. Let's drink. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everything that you've done. Jesus, thank you for coming and sacrificing and dying for us in our place. We honor you and we celebrate you and we celebrate your love. We are not the answer. The bread is not the answer. What it is is pointing to a holy moment with you to celebrate your love. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. An important part of our worship as Christians is to give back uh, to the church and to God the money that he has uh, given us. The Bible says that he even gives us the ability to earn money. We're so grateful for the way that our church family has consistently given uh, to the ministry at Willow Park Church. And that hasn't changed. We, and we understand that at these times there's a lot of uncertainty, which makes it even more incredible that our church family continues to sacrificially and generously and cheerfully give to the work of the church. 
One of the things that we know, though, is usually in our worship sessions, we, we pass a bag around, and obviously we're not able to do that. So it's not so much as asking you to give more. It might be that you just want to give consistently and continue to give to the work that we're doing. And you've heard, we've got lots of things going on. So here's what we'd love for you to do. Rather than uh, obviously put money in the bag, there's a give button up there on the right-hand side of your screen and, and the chat hosts so will be putting it in the chat there. You can click and you can go straight to a page and you can give just like you would in the bag through debit or credit. Or you can pass, hand on your, uh, your checks into the, into the office. So there's lots of different ways. And why are we talking so much about money and giving at a time of great difficulty and challenge? The reason is, is we want to consistently share the gospel, bring community together, and make sure that people hear about Jesus in our city, in our province, and in our world. So we are really grateful for the way that you are prayerfully giving in this time, and thank you for being consistent in that. Hello, everyone. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining our live lounge, and this is your family news. We are gathering as one church for a special live event this Monday at 7 p.m. for Willow One Prayer. Now more than ever, it is so important that we pray together as a church family for our world and for each other. Join us online right here at willowpark.online.church. Have you ever wondered how we can actually hear God's voice for ourselves? In this brand new self-directed online course, Pastor Phil teaches us how to recognize the voice of God in our lives. You can start the course anytime by visiting our website at willowparkchurch.com hearing God. We are super excited to let you know that we are starting our midweek youth programs again this week, and we're meeting online. Each week will consist of a big group gathering and then youth will be breaking off into their care groups using Zoom. GLOW is for senior high youth in grades 9 to 12 and is happening Wednesday night at 7 p.m. JUICE is for junior high youth in grades 6 to 8 and is happening Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Be sure to visit cahoots.ca for all of the details. We want to hear from you about what God has been doing in your life lately. Share your story with us by emailing a short video to live at willowparkchurch.com. We'll be featuring some of the stories during future services here in the live lounge. Families, be sure to check out our new group on Facebook called Willow Park Church Families. This is a great way to stay in touch with the Willow Park Church kids team. They are posting fun challenges and activities daily. We know that during this time of social distancing, it is still important to keep connected as a church family. Each of our campuses have created some online groups that will be meeting for Bible study, prayer, coffee hangouts, and more. Be sure to visit our website for all the details on how to join in. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Hey everybody, we are here with Pastor Joel and uh, we thought it would be a good opportunity to get to know Joel a little bit and also ask some questions around what's going on in our youth department while we are not having church in our physical location. So 
Joel, it's great to, uh, to have you here. And, you know, we've known each other a long time, but I'm, I'm conscious that there'll be a lot of people watching who, who don't know you. Yeah. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you share a little bit of how you came to work at Willow Park, a little bit about your relationship with Jesus and your passion for working with youth? Yeah. Well, I've been at this church for a long time. I love this place. Um, I started here in September of 99, so a different century. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I moved to Kelowna from this great little town of Grand Forks um, to pursue my teaching education right. at UBC. And I started to be a care group leader here in 96, and I've never left. Wow. Can't get rid of me. Yeah, um, we haven't been trying. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all good. So are you from a Christian home background, and how did you become to know Jesus? Yeah, um, yeah, I got a wonderful family, great parents, and yeah, I've been a Christian since probably uh, Bible camp when I was 14 or 15. Right. That's sort of the moment that I, for myself, went all in at right. Pines Bible Camp. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started as youth pastor, what did youth look like then? And then maybe tell us a little bit about what it looks like now and how you got there. Um, yeah, I, uh, Randy Benson hired me back in the day. He's the, he's the person who runs the gospel mission now. Right. And we had a great little youth group. Um, junior high was, was quite small. That's where I started. There was about 15 or 20 kids. And uh, senior high was probably 40 or 50 kids back then. And it was just a great little community. And mm-hmm. yeah, I cut my teeth there. Right. So it's a little bit bigger than that now. Yeah. So what do you, what do you put that down to? What's, how has it grown uh, in the way that it has? Yeah. Um, well, there's been, most of our kids have come through the ark and have gotten saved there with us in the summer. Mm-hmm. And now we just have so many just wonderful small group leaders. We have about 130 uh, small group leaders and they're the ones that really connect with the kids. Wow. So kids come, they're well-loved, yeah. so they stay. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been in the church for, I guess, nine, ten years. And uh, three of my kids have kind of gone through, and one of them still yeah. in the care group system. And, um, yeah. and my son, Luke, is a care group leader, and Zoe mm-hmm. was a care group leader. And so this, this process, if you like, this relationship that they have with the care groups is really incredible. How, how do you... How do you foster that? What what'd you put that down to? <sighs> yeah, I think that our leaders were well-loved when they were in youth by their leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much 99% of our leaders now went through our program, and they were discipled by somebody else. Wow. And so it just builds on each other. Right. And our leaders are really good at speaking life and identity into their kids. Yeah. And it just has this, um, this flow-over effect. Right. right. Yeah. So what does a regular week look like? Um, well, a regular week is, is very different depending on which week around here. Uh, we have small groups every second week, so kids are all over the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a big group every, every other week, and right. that's when we're here and we build community, we preach, we worship together, right, and, right. and it's sort of, yeah, that's sort yeah. of our, our shtick. You do an incredible job of keeping the kids connected, and I know you kind of talk around the arc being the, like the engine. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the Ark? Yeah, the Ark is this wonderful place where kids come. And, I mean, Bible Camp is, is probably our, our best tool. Mm-hmm. Maple Springs Bible Camp is just a gift to this valley. And mm-hmm. Gardam Lake and Green Bay and, and all these wonderful places where they come. And for a whole week, we just get to, like, 
share Jesus. We get to pray for them in their cabins. Mm. We get to speak life into them. We get to laugh with them. Mm. And so kids come, they get to know us and our team. We buy them lots of candy. Right. We have fun. We laugh. Sauce, yeah. It is the secret sauce. <laughs> and and then we just we just speak life to them. Yeah. And it's just wonderful. So yeah. yeah, the ark is really our engine. And a lot of people probably don't realize this that it's not just quote unquote church kids. It's not just church family kids, is it? It's yeah. kids from all over the city, yeah. from all sorts of different backgrounds. Yeah, when we first started the Ark, um, our church was was very churchy back then. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> Tell me Most what churchy looks like so we can were, avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had to have a rule where kids had to bring a friend with them that, that don't know Jesus. Right. And that lasted about one year because the next year, um, all those kids that came brought all their friends. And suddenly, there's just kids coming out of the woodwork that don't know Jesus. And right. to this day, we have most of our kids that come um, are not from a, a church background. Right. But they themselves have received Christ, and now they're sort of discipling their parents. Yeah, yeah. And you've been doing this long enough now where you've been able to see kids coming through youth from grade six or seven. They stay on as care group leaders. Then they end up, you know, finding somebody <laughs> cute and getting married and yeah. then they then they stick pursue or they become youth leaders and and it's just this yeah this progression right yeah it's uh, it must yeah. be really cool to watch yeah lots of our kids now in junior high are kids of some of my first kids that were right. at, in youth right so that made you feel really old yes very old good yeah i had a great head of hair when i started <laughs> <laughs> so like in this situation we're in obviously we're not able to do uh, big group and care groups and physical locations because I know that you know that's a big part of mm-hmm. what goes on and yeah um, and kids are all about relationship and community and and um, so what you know what thoughts obviously you've been thinking a lot about how does the church help you yeah. know what kind of advice do you have for families that have got teenagers at home yeah and uh, you know in this difficult and challenging time yeah I think probably our biggest issue now is that routine has been stolen from our kids mm. and also a lot of purpose has been stolen from them as well. School sort of really aligns their purpose to learn and to get along with friends <clears throat> and suddenly that's taken. And so our kids are feeling a lot of anxiety. Mm. They always have. This is a really anxious sort of generation, but now they have a reason to feel anxiety. Mm. All of a sudden, like their families are all at home. Um, spring break has become their new reality Mm. and they're not sure about finances in their household so it's not this like abstract anxiety that they need to get over Mm. and replace it with beautiful thoughts it's actually doing the real work of of living in a new way now Mm. right so you know what does that look like how can parents i mean i've got a teenager at home how how can how can i help him uh, navigate through this this really weird time and confusing time. Yeah. Well, my wife said something brilliant to me last night. She said that meaningful action is the antidote to fear. If our kids just sit at home and try to not be anxious or fearful, mm. it'll just get worse and worse. Mm. We're created. I mean, Ephesians says we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's why we're alive. Mm. This is kind of this is why our kids love superhero movies is because they identify with that impulse to create social change. So 
we want to, as a ministry, give our kids tools to create, like, action that creates mercy. Mm. So every day, starting April 1st, on cahoots.ca and on our Instagram places, there's going to be a daily challenge. It might be something really cool, like um, just speaking life to one of your siblings that day. Right. And then it might start to build, like forgive somebody. Right. It might mean going to a neighbor's house and somehow blessing them with, you know, appropriate social distancing. (laughs) But considering ways to like bring mercy every day. Yeah, yeah. um, Even to like your your parents or your guardian, whoever that might be. But it just, it just changes the script from being about me to I'm actually created to do really cool things and yeah. and generosity releases endorphins yeah and and being somebody who who reaches out changes the way that that our brain functions yeah. and so yeah that's so cool yeah. so i mean we're we're just coming to the end now so what what is some of the uh specifics that the youth ministry are going to do you're going to put this challenge on yeah what else is going on online yeah so every wednesday for senior high every thursday for junior high yeah, yeah. there will be big group teaching our kids are hearing a lot of just garbage out there in social media. They need real truth mm. um, and fun, obviously. But then we're going to move into these Zoom groups where their leaders will be waiting. Mm. They're going to talk with their kids for a long time, and then they're going to pray for each of them, just right. beautiful identity right. prayers. So that'll be starting next week, April Excellent. 1st. Right. So one of the things that we're, we've mentioned already is in your top right-hand corner of the screen. Uh, so up there somewhere, you'll see a connect button. If you have... Uh, kids at home, um, like this is grade six and above, and you'd love to have them connect into some of these activities on a weekly basis with Pastor Joel and his incredible team, then you connect up there and fill out the form and someone will get in touch with you because we want to make sure that you have the resources you need to not only be a great parent, but also for the kids to be able to engage and find community in a safe place. And mm. so, uh, so make sure you, you, you click that connect button. So Joel, it's, this is kind of weird because we normally just kick back and have coffee and, and chat and laugh. So, uh, but it's been great to, uh, to hear some of your story. And, yeah, thanks. And, uh, we love this guy. He's incredible, the ministry he does. So thanks, mate. Thanks. Hi kids, I'm back to tell you another story. This time, it's right out of the Bible. This is the Storyteller Bible, so it has a super cool picture of the story we're going to hear today called The Storm on the Lake. It was a perfect day. The sky was blue, the lake too, and a gentle breeze whipped the wave tips white and foamy. Jesus sat at the side of the lake and talked to the people about God. God is your father, he said. He dresses the flowers in beautiful colors. He makes sure the birds have enough to eat. But you are his sons and his daughters. Don't you think he can clothe and feed you too? So trust him and stop worrying your lives away. When Jesus had finished teaching, He was tired, so he called his closest friends, and together they piled into a boat and set off across the lake for home.
Jesus yawned. He stretched. He laid his head down. And to the rhythm of the waves and the rocking of the boat, he fell asleep. It was the perfect end to a perfect day. And then, suddenly, the day was not so perfect. The sky turned black. The lake, too. And a wild wind stirred the waves up, tall and stormy. The boat rocked right. The boat rocked left. The boat rocked up and down. The boat rocked so hard, in fact, that Jesus' friends were sure they would all drown. But Jesus slept right through it, except for the odd snuffle and snore. Jesus, his friends called at last, Jesus, wake up. We're all going to drown. So Jesus woke. Then he sat up. Then he rubbed his eyes and stood up. It was all anyone else could do to stay on their feet. But Jesus stood up. And then very calmly, he said to the wind, quiet now. And he said to the waves, settle down. And they did. Then Jesus turned to his friends and said, you didn't need to be frightened. You didn't have to worry. All you have to do is trust me. See, everything is calm. And so it was. The sky was blue, the lake too. And the little waves splashed happily at the side of the boat. It was a perfect day again. Now this story reminds us that even when we're in really scary times like a storm— We know that Jesus is right there in the boat with us, and we don't have to worry. Even his best friends needed to remember that they can trust him, and we can trust him too. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we can gather here together in the live lounge, and that you remind us that you're in the boat, or in our homes, or in our cars with us all the time, even when it seems scary. I pray that you give us a good morning, and that we learn lots from Pastor Phil. In your name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Well, Willow Park Church, what I want to share with you is something that is incredibly important. And that is the helping power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. In troubled times, what we need is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit being with us and helping us. I remember when I was trying to teach the twins to ride a bicycle. It was quite something. Two little girls, two bikes in our back garden and in our, in our yard at the time, we had a little hill. And I used to put them at the top of the hill and let one go and then run alongside the, um, the one and then get the other one and run alongside and then 
shoot and launch the two of them off at the same time. And I'd be running down and I'd be running down. I'd be trying to keep one stable, keep another stable. I'd be shouting. And then we graduated to go to the road or to a little path with a hill. That was scary because I was running down, following, trying to be close holding on to, shouting, no, 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 don't go for the bush, don't do that, please, no. (laughs) It was mad. But all the time I was present, and all the time I was helping, and I was helping them as they discovered the wonder of riding a bicycle. In this uh, time of pandemic, one thing we have been doing a lot is riding bikes, as probably you have been, and going out for walks. But the point is this, in a time of stress, in a time of problems, in difficulty, what we need is the helping power of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what I want to share with you. I want to share with you about the helping power of the Holy Spirit in time of trouble and when your heart is troubled. And I want to take you right to this verse. The key verse that I want to look at is this verse in John 14, 27. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. At this time, what we're facing is Troubled hearts. People are worried. People are anxious. Of course, we are worried about the future. We're hearing about the layoffs. We're praying for families who are struggling. We're battling to move forward. The world, it feels like we've entered some kind of a dream, some kind of different reality, some kind of movie set. And the world has changed instantly. But let me tell you something. What Jesus says in a changing world, do not let your heart be troubled. When all we're seeing are the problems and the difficulties, don't let your heart be troubled. Because Christ wants to be with you. He wants to help you. He wants your heart to be free. He wants to minister to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to be with you. And what he ultimately wants to do is bring peace right to you. How many of us have tried to do this moment on a beach in Mexico or Hawaii? This is my, my attempts at making a heart. I mean, so a scene like this, I've got lots of photographs like this from Hawaiian beaches, trying to get it right, trying to get the sun in the right position to get the perfect picture crazy it's what you do on holiday on beaches but the truth is get your heart in the right position and let the light of God shine right the way through your life and into your heart and to minister to you that's what this is about this is what this verse is about that God wants to help us that God wants to be with us that he wants to meet us So the comforting nature of the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. You see, Jesus knew that he was leaving. Jesus knew that he wasn't going to be around individually, in person, all the time. So what did he say to them? He said, I will give you another advocate, another friend, another 
comforter. I will give you something else. Now, when you look at the word another, we ask ourselves the question, what does that mean? Does it mean another exactly the same? Because in the Greek, there are two words for another. Or another, which is sort of the same, but different. Or is it another that is completely different? You see, I could stand here with an apple in my, my hand and I could have a, a red delicious here. A beautiful red delicious apple. You've seen them. And in my other hand, I may have a golden delicious. Now, I know that they both taste different. There's a different texture. There's a different feel. Now, when Jesus said another, did he mean, here I am, a red delicious and so by saying another, and if this, this room was full of people, I could pass out hundreds of red delicious and you'll hold them. Or did he mean, well, not quite the same. Here is a red delicious, uh, but actually this is me, but I'm going to give you all golden deliciouses. It's different. Now, what he actually meant was this. It wasn't like he's different and I'm going to give you something else, another What the actual text means is another means I am going to give you another who is exactly the same as me. Think about that. Jesus face to face. Jesus says, I'm going physically, but what will be replaced is actually the same as me, the Holy Spirit. And you all, everybody globally can know that intimate, close relationship with with Jesus through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Who of us wouldn't love a face-to-face moment with Jesus Christ? Who of us wouldn't love to know that he's with us right there like he was with the disciples, like he was with the apostles? I would love to sit down with Jesus Christ face to face. Here we saw the interview with with Glenn and Joel and the wonderful things that were explained and the stories. It was excellent. But wouldn't it be fantastic to sit down and say, Jesus, face to face, let me ask some questions. This is exactly what the text means. It means that face to face, through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, you can have a face to face with Jesus. Now, you may not be a Christian. You may not believe in God. You may never have heard this. But let me tell you some good news. When you become a Christian, you enter into an intimate, close relationship with Jesus Christ. I love hiking. People know that. I love nothing but going out on our kind of fun day Mondays, Michelle and I and hiking up hills and going along paths and talking together and chatting. It's a great hobby of ours. I love Great walks like the Worcestershire Way, like the West Coast Trail, the High Rim Trail. But there's something really special about walking with a close friend or walking with your spouse, talking, chatting, working things through. The Romans had a saying that any problem could be solved if you walk farther enough. This is what it's saying. That Jesus walks with you. 
that Jesus is with you in the form of the Holy Spirit as if he was actually there. I had to review uh, this Netflix um, production called The Messiah. A lot of talk about it. A lot of people, both here in Canada and in the UK, have talked about this Netflix uh, phenomenon about a Christ-like, Messiah-like figure appearing in the Middle East. And so as I looked at it and I reviewed it, and by me mentioning it, I'm not encouraging you to watch it. But what I am saying is that I was profoundly disappointed when I reviewed it and I compared the life of Jesus Christ, the true Messiah, with the life of this Messiah in the story of Netflix because Jesus was so much more in so many ways and was so remarkable. What disappointed me uh, about this story was that when this Messiah ended up in America and thousands came to see him and to be with him and to hear his wisdom. He was aloof. He was far off. He was talking in riddles and little lines. And above all, he was hiding in a tent. Like some kind of cult leader, which I guess is what they were kind of creating. And as I looked at that and saw the thousands of people and saw... This Netflix Messiah hiding in a tent, having some kind of, I don't know, spiritual moment. I knew one thing, that this wasn't at all a kind of parody about Jesus Christ or a a modern day Messiah story. Because my Jesus does not hide in a tent. My Jesus is not aloof. My Jesus does not disappear. My Jesus does not speak in riddles because my Jesus comes to the people, comes to the needy, comes to the crowd. He comes and is with us and comforts us and supports us and he's right there with us. In fact, literally, it means in this text... That he carries the burden, shoulders the weight of the heaviness that we feel. And at this time, we are carrying a heavy weight. At this time, we are shouldering a heavy weight. And the work of the Holy Spirit comes. He comes as a close friend. He comes as a comforter. He comes as a counsellor. And he comes to shoulder the weight of your pain. Shoulder the weight of your struggles. Shoulder the weight of your anxiety. Shoulder the weight of your stress and your troubled heart. Jesus is the strongest man in the world. Beautiful picture by Harry Anderson. Jesus the counsellor. He wants to speak to you at this time He wants to be with you. And as I started off, what Jesus wants to do is when we feel unsure, he comes and runs alongside of us. He is with us. Not only is he with us, but secondly, a comforting relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth, 
The world cannot accept him because it is neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be what? In you. This is the incredible truth of Christianity. That he lives in you. You see, not only does Jesus live in you, but the beginning of John chapter 4, he says, I prepare a home for you. And being a Christian means that God is in you and changes you and is present in you and he supports you and he counsels you. And it's literally like having Jesus, your best friend in your life. And that's why great paintings like this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock the door of your life because you've got to let Jesus into your life. You and I have to allow Jesus to come and meet with us. Not only does he come within us, but he prepares a home for us. Here is a Renaissance picture of of their image of heaven. And whenever you Google and try and find an image of heaven. It's so kind of weird what comes up that I had to go back to the Renaissance. But even this seems a little strange. But you see, you know, that there is, he's in you and he prepares a home for you. That's why our heart needn't be troubled because he is there. Not only does he do that, but the scripture says he teaches you. He's with you. He's teaching you. He's speaking to you. And this is the amazing thing. In the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of our isolation, and what we are facing, the Holy Spirit wants to come, counsel you, comfort you, and teach you new and beautiful things. Maybe you're not a Christian, but I want to say, invite Jesus Christ into your life. Join God's family. And when you join God's family, you are adopted. You are no longer an orphan, but you are adopted into God's presence, into God's family. And he is with you. Adoption's an amazing thing. We've got people on our staff who have adopted children and people in our church. It's wonderful. Um, it's Remarkable to see their love and their, their giving and the, the theology, the biblical truth of adoption is so deep and so powerful that you and I are no longer spiritually fatherless, but you and I have been invited. You and I are no longer orphans. This is what it says in this scripture. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You may feel incredibly alone at this time as if you feel like an orphan. You're not an orphan if you've got Jesus. Face to face. I will send another. Which actually means I will send myself face to face as if it's me and I will be with you. So what we've got to be willing to do is literally allow the power and the work of the Holy Spirit to come through our lives and to change us. 
to come through our lives and to see God's presence. This is the full verse that we started off with. It's worth reading together. and It's the verse I want to give you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Why? Because when you've got Jesus as your best friend, he gives us peace. And I want to ask you to connect with the presence of Christ, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in your life and discover that deep peace that comes. Discover that deep peace that makes a difference in your life. This is one of my favourite spots. Knox Mountain. You climb up and then you look towards Vernon. You see the beauty of the lake. There's a chair there, a little bench. You can sit. I love to go there. I love to pray. I love to sit. I love to meditate on scripture. I love to commune with the Lord. And at that moment, his presence comes and works in my life. I don't know where you are finding that connection with Jesus. But his word is very clear. His word is absolutely there. He's saying to you, I send you another, the Holy Spirit, who is your advocate, who is your comforter, who is your counsellor, who is your best friend who comes on the journey with you, who shoulders the weight for you. And if you're listening for the first time or you're not a believer, make contact with us because we would love to explain to you how you can invite Jesus Christ into your life. Join us Monday night to pray together for our families, for our city, for our province, for our nation, for our world. Spend that time in your own personal life, communing with Christ. Connect to his spirit. Create time for his presence in your life. I know God will bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Pastor Phil. To know that Jesus abundantly gives peace in these times where there's lots of anxiety and uncertainty. I really encourage you this week to meditate on that scripture, to learn it, keep repeating it to yourself. And I know, by faith, I know that Jesus will answer that prayer for you. I'm going to share a blessing for you in just a second. But before I do that, just a little reminder, if there's anything that you've heard in our time together that has caused you to think, I want to find out more about Jesus, I want to find out more about becoming a Christian, then please press connect in the top right hand side of your screen and somebody will be getting in touch with you this week. 
Or if you want any prayer, if there's anything we can do to help, then again, boom, press connect, and, uh, and we'd love to be able to serve you and pray for you. So let me say this blessing over you, and just like you did last week, I love the idea of thousands of people around the world saying a big amen at the end of this. So I'm going to say it, and then the cue will be obvious at the end as to when you say amen. So Ephesians chapter 3. Now, to him, Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Have a fantastic week and God bless.